today with us we have my old friend Kieran, who we are having part of this. We're having a catch up and uh, just a general chat about things. Kieran, so he's from Liverpool, um, where I near to where I was born. Yeah, go ahead, Kieran, introduce yourself. I live like say thirty seconds away from Anfield Stadium, where the football team play, Liverpool. It's a great place to be. Um, <laughs> working away, slaving away in a job, as you do. William Hill, it's a betting shop. And on the side, I'm studying away to do my master's in English. Like my guy, Sean, he's teaching in Japan there currently. And that's something that I wouldn't mind doing one day there. So You can generally get in with like a bachelor's degree, even a master's, you probably get. Not the bachelor's degree, but I just like, if you've, if you've got a craft, then you might as well favour it, you know what I mean? There's no point in just... Going midway, you might as well go the full way, and then. I think that's a really good point. Yeah, don't if you're going to do something, don't do it. Yeah, kind you're going to put everything into it. But full force, you don't go out of half-hearted because then that's just asking for bad results, isn't it? You stop halfway. It's like where do you go? Do you go backwards? Do you go forwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to be in that phase, really. So for the best. What, what made you think you want to do a master's degree? Because that's kind of that's a really interesting start point. So obviously, I'm doing one as well, and I, I yeah. finished mine in August. I don't know, I suppose you kind of find there's less people doing master's degrees now. Like, the reason why I want to study further English is just because I've always been interested in English. I've always been naturally decent at writing essays and stuff like that. So, I've just, like, I have a, when I was in university doing my undergraduate, I had a real big interest in contemporary nonfiction. So, if I was to do essays or something of that nature, I'd probably try and do it on contemporary non-fiction. So I'd go take that avenue. Yeah, for those who don't know what contemporary non-fiction is, could you kind of who you like and just kind of go through it a little bit? What it means well, what it means to you? Well, contemporary non-fiction, it's a bit it's a bit of a, a blase subject. It's not the most popular. It's a very niche area of writing. Like like one of the most popular books is um, W. H. Sebald, The Rings of Saturn. It's like an essayistic kind of story. It's just about a guy's walk and travels along the west coast of England. It's like a two-hour walk, but it's just how it works. It's like it describes like the dull, boring realities around us, and it makes it seem a lot more grandiose and more poetic than what it may seem. Romanticization of a bit of a, like a romantic perspective on current society. Okay. As opposed to it, what being kind of dystopian or like with t- society today is quite fast paced. Like there's technology in our fingers, there's cars whizzing about, there's all this technology. Whereas an essay, like a romantic essay, is very slow paced. Like nonfiction tends to be quite factual, quite boring. It just sticks to what you need to know. Whereas you pass by a statue, and then that statue. Just that statue will have a whole chapter about it, like things linking off that statue, memories that may be attached to that statue, the history of the statue, and then it links in with the rest of it. Okay. Interesting, here because I, I myself, um, I, I, I just kind of stumbled across it years ago as medieval literature, so like I'm doing King Arthur for my dissertation. Oh, uh, yeah. Good old King Arthur. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing heroics of Lancelot. I should be further ahead than I am, but... Is Lancelot your favourite of King Arthur's Knights? He's wonderful. I really like Lancelot. That'd be Guinevere for me, mate. <laughs> Guinevere, one and only. Yeah. I read Sir Go- the Pearl Poets, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, a few years ago. That was an interest. It mentions the Wirral, actually, you know, where I was born. It's 
it's just got a I just got a mention of it like when Gawain's traveling about, and um, it's really interesting just the fact that that kind of place, you know, talking about the nonfiction stuff. I don't know if there's much on the world nowadays, but well, well, uh, you can write the archives, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see the archives. That's always one thing I've never really considered. Kind of yeah, just yeah. looking at the historical stuff and even like etymology of and origins of all these different things. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I, like I feel like there should be a lot of understanding where you're from because understanding where you come from it might help you understand yourself a bit more as well. Do you know what I mean? You carry that around with you. I agree. It's always part of your makeup, isn't it? Your background, kind of. Exactly. I agree completely. So, um, what, what you know, the contemporary stuff. How do you think that links into you as a person? How would you say? I don't know. You know, I really don't know. Like, I always grew up like reading like Lord of the Rings stuff like that. Just general, easy to go to, commonly known books, and so that's like more fantasy, like more removed from reality. And as soon as I got into university, I don't know. I feel like I became a bit boring. Like, <laughs> I did the contemporary nonfiction course, and I was just like, wow, this stuff is really, really amazing. I like it. Everyone else hated it, but I loved it. So it is what it is. And like, English is full of all these niche little areas. And we need as many people in those niche areas as possible, really, because how it expands, can... it expands our understanding yeah, as much yeah. as we can possibly take it to the end as we as you said before you know as take it as yeah. far as it can go yeah. and then someone else maybe later on takes it further you know that's kind of the, the passing of knowledge and the kind of the continuation like as long as you can leave a slight imprint as long as you can help one person doing your craft or doing what you are doing then you've done your job do you know what i mean that's all that counts i agree but i think it's 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 up to each and every one of us to kind of push push it as far as you can really you know we've, we're all given these gifts i believe and um, you know i think it's really important to, to harness them and take them as far as you can yeah it's very important it's important to try hard while we're young because we will not have the strength to do it while we're older i hear that said but i don't know i've always found i don't know i kind of disagree with that one of my parents always used to say that you can't put an old head on young shoulders yeah, but that's a, it's a very northern western kind of term, I think. You know what I mean? A very British. It sounds stoic in a way, but Gauss proverb. <laughs> yes, one of the old proverbs. But for me, it's like most people I've met, and I don't want to be judgmental, but obviously we naturally are. People are judgmental without realizing. Do you know what I mean? Like you try to not be judgmental, but obviously people make have thoughts just on appearance, stuff like that, stuff you can't control. Human nature, maybe, you want to deem it as that. It is, it is. Like, we can't help but compare things around us to what we have. That's just stuff that naturally happens in the background. It's just going on. Yeah, as much as I co consciously kind of just go to the sub-point, you know, as much as I consciously try to not judge and everyone is one, it's human, you just kind of sometimes find your mind wandering and you just kind of subconsciously do it. Well, yeah, like, coming from Liverpool as well, like, we're in like one of the oldest multicultural cities in the world. Do you know what I mean? We have the oldest Chinese community outside of China in the world as well. Do you know what I mean? Like all this thing, we've got all this culture in the city. So I feel like it sort of rubbed off on us to that the world is a huge place. Like everyone has their own stories, their own backgrounds. So it's just what you've got to offer, isn't it? That that's yeah. what matters. So what what I was saying about old people was like 
I've met so many old people that are just so stuck in their ways and you'll never be able to bend them or they're so rooted in what they believe. They just live in habitually. But me, myself, I kind of, I've always kind of been very careful. Well, recently, rather than, I'd say I fell in the traps of categories and placing myself into group like group identities and stuff early yeah, in my life, kind of in my earlier 20s, which look, hopefully I'm kind of growing out of um, or evolving out of is probably the right term. It's funny that you say that because I have this conversation a lot with people because we're, we're, in, we're in our 20s, mid-20s, and this is an age where you've got people going out getting married, people go out and have kids, some people do other things. Like, everyone's going in different directions at this one age, so it's easy to, like, try and compare yourself with others or, like, shoe yourself into a certain category. Part of that is just understanding that that's just life. You've got to go at your own pace and do what you want to do. Everyone has their own journey. Yes, 100%. So that's what I was saying. You know, I, I hope if I ever make it to, like, 60 or 70, I'm still kind of a person that's still got that childlike curiosity about kind of everything and is always still kind of looking at the world through kind of innocence. That stuff with rose-tinted glasses, it's like, you know, you have a bit of a, like, like you were saying, like, a childlike innocence into how you perceive things. It's like you look at things and you'll always see the best in things rather than the worst in things that's what looking at stuff with rose tinted glasses is i always thought kind of rose tinted glasses had this kind of negative connotation to it that's kind of why i that, that thought did go it was in my head but i didn't well always seeing the best of the things can have its positives and negatives though in a way so well, you know you do have to be grounded in reality i'm not kind of divorcing myself from that but yeah. um you know i think i'd still like to kind of be older and kind of not be so rooted in beliefs and ideologies and these kind of things you know kind of still be open and kind of still have that maneuverability if that makes sense well, that's just me <laughs> <laughs> yeah you stood around isn't it yeah well, you know it's interesting you're saying about kind of everyone could go in their own way and doing their own thing i was speaking to the old uh, the old group the other day everyone kind of is going their own ways and kind of it is i think i was the first one to start splintering from it and it's just that's the thing, though. It takes a lot of strength to move away from what you're comfortable with to do what you want to do. So, at the end of the day, if that drive outweighs the comfortability, then you'll always do well. Do you know what I mean? You don't need to worry about that. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Of course it is. Depends on the juice. <laughs> and the squeeze. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But no, I, I don't regret moving to Japan. I think it's, it's probably... Maybe at the time, in terms of what was on the table, and looking back at it now, three years and several months post time in hindsight from that decision, you know, I think I made the best decision for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just, I'm all into me Japanese culture. Like, I love the wrestling, I love the video games, I just love the culture. So I feel like I, I have wanted to move to Japan to teach. Like, it has always been in the back of my mind, but it's one of them. Like, I'm not going to. I need to find, I need to be comfortable with my own terms and then I can do it, kind of thing, like as we were saying. That's really an interesting, you know, do it with your own terms because I think I came not on my own terms, I think I came on somebody else's terms and <laughs> ended up causing a wake of destruction and whatever else around me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's taken three years of growth and unlearning what you learn, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um, to kind of unbecome what I was and become myself and that's that's that was probably one of the hardest things I probably ever had to do and probably might ever do huge changes like never come easy like I, like I tend to think of it like huge, big changes in life say like relationship changes or you move in house or stuff it's like knocking over a 
drink machine. It's like pushing one of them over. You've got to gain the momentum first, and then it will eventually go. <laughs> it rocks back and forward, and then it eventually goes. And what, have you been going through any changes yourself, Kieran? I had a new job, like, around a year ago. That's been okay. Like, ordinarily, like, I've hated just menial work, but with this case, like, I'm always working with people who are local and, like, live quite near me. So I've become quite fond of, like, the regulars and the customers who come into my work. So it is what it is. It's a blessing in disguise. What kind of things about the regulars do you like here? Like, even, even the bad parts of them, like, every single day, like, they'll come into the shop at, like, two o'clock and stay in there for four hours. Like, it's just the routine they have. They'll, they'll finish work, they'll come into the betting shop, we'll have a bit of a joke, a bit of banter, you know what I mean? They'll go out, have a ciggy, come back in, you know what I mean? But it's, it's, like, it's like I'm not working, it's like I'm just talking to someone who lives next to me, do you know what I mean? And that's what makes it amazing. One thing, one thought I did have earlier this week was, you know, this kind of idea of the need for community. Yeah, yeah. I think specifically in Liverpool, I think that's always kind of been there. It's always been very strong. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, City's always been quite anti-establishment and um, tightness with community. Like, we always value the city um, over anything else. Like, if you ask 95, 99% of people from Liverpool, they'll say they're probably proud to be from Liverpool. It's just indoctrinated into us at quite a young age. So... You can't describe it, can you? That scouseness, if you want to call it, that kind of yeah. Liverpool, Liverpool attitude. Well, in the Liverpool Museum, <clears throat> a quote in there by an activist, I, think, I can't remember the name, it's Margaret something, can't remember the last name, but either way, there's a quote, it's like, the beauty of Liverpool is that it isn't England. That's what it says. Do you think that's true? I do think it's true. I don't. I think like this is probably the most unique city in the country. Definitely outside of London, the most multicultural city in the UK. And I think that's a big testament considering the amount of funding London gets in comparison to a small city in the northwest. London's like a world on its own, isn't it? It's kind of everything outside of it. It's just ostracized in its own way. So kind of grown as its own autonomous kind of area. Instead of relying on others, we've like kind of learned to rely on ourselves and support ourselves. So I think that's where that sense of community has been strengthened over the years. Sense of community and the actual building of a community as well. I think, you know, kind of having the sense and doing it, I think are two different, you know, know, they're both very closely related, but, you know, you have to have both. Yeah, like, tribalism sort of a dying thing nowadays in society but i'd say like a few cities in the uk like L- liverpool is still one of those cities where tribalism's quite strong newcastle I'd say that. newcastle's up there as well parts of scotland definitely as well manchester yeah definitely it tends to be the more northern cities though yeah i agree no that's a really interesting point about tribalism um i remember having a conversation with a spanish guy a few years ago and he was saying that like seville severe in the south yeah, and and Liverpool are like two of those very tribal cities who have that fire within the communities, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and I think he's right. As you, or you just pointed it out there. So, well, you know. have you been to Seville? Never. I've now. I'm not. I've never been Neither, to Seville. Like, I'm. Is it like a Catholic a Catholic city? I believe, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. It's very. It's Andalusia is the region, but well, I can the Spanish accent from there. I can't get like I've spent most of my time in just outside Madrid, West, you know, Cervantes. 
yeah. Who wrote Don Quixote? That's where I that's where I found my love for Arthurian literature and stuff like that in that university there when I did that. And I've been to the north a few times, like the yeah. uh, Basque country, but the south. Um, I imagine it's still got that kind of religious, strong religious base to it. Yeah, I can imagine that myself. There's still a lot of like very proud Catholic countries out there, like Mexico, Italy. You know what I mean? Like it's just the heritage, isn't it? Like if we were from Italy or Seville, we would we wouldn't think any more of it because that's just how their community. That's just what they're born into. That's what they know. You know what I mean? It's probably like the same degree of how we feel to be from Liverpool. You know what I mean? It's not natural as breathing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like. They won't think any indifference. I think tribalism might be dead. People are dying, as you say, and maybe well, phys- physically, but I don't think mentally. I think it's. I think it's as strong now as it has been. Well, I think, it, I think it's growing mentally. Give it enough time, then all tribalism will will die. Like globalization's happening at a, an alarming rate. Like me personally, I think globalization right now is in reverse. In reverse. I think the tourism industry is dying. I think obviously the Brexit stuff and one example. Yeah, I feel. I read, like- I read a, one example I read about the other day was Japanese companies bringing the companies kind of that are out there in the world back to Japan. Yeah, yeah, like, giving them more of a support. I don't know. The more we've opened up the world to communicate and be open with each other, the more we're trying to shut ourselves off. There's always that double-edged sword, isn't it? You know, you always, sometimes in life, you think you're doing the best, and it's like you're actually just kind of destroying what's around you, and your life is full of yeah, that paradox. When they're, in, when they're just not they're living in ignorance and doing a very bad thing. <laughs> I've been, been there myself. Oh, we, haven't we all, Sean? Haven't we all? <laughs> Are you getting, getting another Fanta? Yeah, I am, actually. What's that one? Wild Cherry, bro. All these drinks, all this... I can't go through fizzy drinks as I once did. Kind of more... I've started eating more healthily and being a bit more sensible with kind of what I put into my body. I, I wish I was that sensible. Like, I live on sugar, cigarettes, and adrenaline. <laughs> I live on I live on literature, other people, mostly the kids I teach. <laughs> Sometimes some alcohol and uh, conversation. So, uh... Find the right moderation, isn't it, with all that stuff? <laughs> moderation here. Moderation. I think that's very important. But we have, you know, you have to find out what it is for you. Everyone always has these different levels and this oh. and that. So, Ultimately, like, there is such thing as too much of a good thing. Like, <laughs> moderation is the most important thing. Having the discipline to be able to control yourself, which I don't really have. <laughs> but I think it takes, I think it's some good that you were aware of that okay whether you do something about it or not well that's that's on you but at least you have the kind of well you're conscious of it at least you know you know that you lack that about yourself and obviously the responsibility then falls on you to fix it of, of my own destruction <laughs> of, of, oh yeah and, and me myself as i've been there myself yeah. Yeah, well, I'd, I always think that, like, I always walk past, like, I come across people, like, certain mates of that, though, and I just think, like, do they have an inner monologue? Do they actually, like, think to themselves, are they aware of, like, their own life and what is going on? Do you know what I mean? Do they actually, like, step back and take a moment to just think and visualise what's going on? Well, as in, as in their actions, you think, kind of, they're just kind of on automatic mode, or what? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, <laughs> Because like society's moving so fast nowadays that you don't have a ta- you don't have a second to just stop and take a second to realize what's going on around you. Like everyone's just in autopilot. 
breathe. Sometimes it can be like that living in Japan for me. Mm-hmm. Like, you, kind of, you just kind of walking down the street and kind of everyone's kind of walking in the same manner. Yeah, yeah. Going towards that way and I'm kind of walking the other way like. One thing, though, that me and my brothers always say that we love about Japan, though, nobody is above the rules. And I, I can get behind that myself. I like that. I like that idea. It is like, but that's what I'm saying. If everyone follows, everyone's under the same set of rules, but they follow them. And like over here, you get vandalized phone booths, like vandalized food and drink machines. In Japan, that never happens. It never happens because they actually Mute. have a bit of respect. A mutual them. respect for the yeah. people. I think that is important. It is. It's one of the things I really do envy. But I think that's only half the equation. The Western stuff is the other half of the equation. I think the answer is somewhere in the middle between the East and West. I think you kind of have to have um, the mutuality and respect for other people. But you also have to have this idea of unity comes through everyone being different and striving to be the best that they can be. And it's the individualism yeah. aspect as well. You can't have the community without the self and you can't have the self without the community. So you also, you, you have to bring them both together in yeah, my like, head. Yeah. Like it's about to respect individuality and the fact that everyone functions differently and has different thought processes, but like to be selfish enough to hinder other people's daily goings about but that, like that, I don't understand. Mm, which goes back to the moderation idea. Yeah. Indeed. I don't know. Here, sometimes it feels like there is a lot more focus on the collective than the individual. And like I said, I think a fusion of East and West or the, a mixture of the philosophies, because I think, I, you know, there are a lot of things I do like here. And, there's, you know, there's also some things, you know, as wherever you might live, there's some things you don't necessarily like and you do have to adapt to as wherever you go. But I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. I don't know what the answer is. Well, maybe we've just said it, but <laughs> well, I don't know how you go from. So the answer will be found long after we're dead, Sean. <laughs> I don't think it'll take that long. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, humanity is one step forward, two steps back to a degree. And then three steps forward, two steps sideways, and then every other direction. Indeed. Yeah. Do a cha-cha slide. Do a cha-cha slide. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. No, but I don't know. You know, how does more individualistic society or one a society who focuses more on the, on the individual move towards a community? Or how does one a collective society place more of an individual, a more of a focus on the individual without ruining the community aspect? I don't know. That's That's... That's the, the, the thing. thing that people are paid a lot more money to actually sort these problems out because I don't have an idea how you'd go about solving that problem. Well, they might be paid a lot of money to do it, Kieran, but unfortunately, there ain't much that's been happening about it, is there? So maybe they're just kind of reeking in, reeking in the in the money. I don't know. Amen. But I think it's on us now to kind of do it. Every everybody has that responsibility now, especially with what's going on in the world right now, to kind of make well, a difference and do all these things. That's well, that's just, like, have you heard about what Marcus Rashford did the other day? No, please. So, Mark, Marcus Rashford, the Man United striker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, him. They're basically um, secretary for them, the Conservative government in the UK. He was saying, "Oh, footballers, they should do something for um, the people who are." 
like hard done by who are struggling to like afford meals and stuff you know, during the um, COVID-19 lockdown. So and Rash and basically Boris Johnson was gonna stop giving out free meals because it was like free meals for kids who were meant to be in school. But as soon as the school would end at the end of this month, that would stop. So a lot of people would still be hungry, kind of thing. Yeah. Can I um, say Kieran, when you can I just say, just interrupt? Say when you say end when schools end at the end of this month. What do you mean by that? When the, when the school term finishes. Oh, uh, okay, 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 okay. okay. Oh yeah, because I'm I'm used to the school year here being Mar um April to like March. It's, yeah, no, it's September like June July isn't it? So it's July here. Marcus Rashford wrote to his PMs. He started a big campaign, and Boris Johnson ended up U-turning his decision. So now for another two three months, kids will be able to eat food that they may not have been able to do. During all these poverty stricken kids have been helped out. Like, and this is a footballer. This this is not his job, but this is something that he's done in his spare time, and he's aggressively pursued it, and it's worked. So he's not a politician, but he's done enough to help the community. And Liverpool and Manchester United do not like each other at all, but I have nothing but heartfelt respect for what that man has done. It, it transcends. It transcends. It transcends any sport allegiance or affiliation between Liverpool and Manchester or any dislike. It's it's a human thing. Like, tribalism is dying, but in football, it's very active. But a heartwarming gesture like that, you can't really ignore, can you? Well, I was reading about um, what's Sadio Mane the other day, the Liverpool striker. Sadio? And, he, and he, he sends a lot of his salary back to Africa and, you know, in Senegal, Senegal is it? Same, where he's from. Yeah. And he's built built schools and he's done everything. He does, yeah. he does a lot of his salaries. That's, well, but, you know, not everyone does it. That's the kind of... The well, thing. as I'm saying, he's probably he's one of those people who have experienced, like, abject poverty and just hardships. So he probably knows how important it is to give back now that he's in a position of, like, wealth and circumstance. Do you know what I mean? Do you think it takes that kind of perspective beforehand in order to appreciate what wealth actually is? You know, have the hardship before so that when actually you, what you gain the wealth, you know what it's like to have nothing and you know what it's like to have everything. As everyone everyone values money differently, though, don't they? Yeah. Everyone values money differently. Like, I have... Personally, I don't have a... I don't value money as much as I should. Because at the end of the day, you need money to do 